Now. Three, two, one, go! Welcome to episode 38 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, a horrendously good weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, my longtime friend, king of podcast co-op, Pablo's in the house. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ready to get this show on the road. We're, we're, Ready we're to going make some f- some some bad predictions today. You want to do no, that? No, we're going futurists. We're we're gonna we're gonna be prophets today. We're gonna we're gonna speak these things into reality because we are the truth. Pablo Damas said it himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a pretty fun episode. We're gonna be doing our 2022 uh, gaming predictions in our checkpoint chat today. Uh, we've got five each that we're gonna be uh, doing round robin. Plus, we have uh, one special prediction each uh, about each other's personal top ten lists of uh, 2022. So uh, we're, we're going all out for this week's episode for sure. So definitely want to stay tuned for that, uh, which is our main event of the show. Uh, we also have hit points. We have some more up. Updates about the big acquisition uh, from Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, uh, which includes uh, a little tweet from our boy Phil Spencer. So we're going to talk about that, along with some updates about Ghostwire Tokyo in hit points. And then we have loadouts. We have uh, quite a bit of new stuff that we've been playing, which is kind of exciting. So we're going to get into all that uh, for sure. Uh, So if that sounds good to you, hey man, give our podcast a sub. Pablo, tell the people how much our podcast costs to subscribe to. Zero dollars and zero cents. Zero, 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 zero across the he board. Did, he did the, like, the fingers and toes thing all, all yeah. the whole time. Yeah. It's Accounting. free, guys. It's free to do it. So wherever you stream stuff, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to stream, we'll be there, and we hope you'll be there, too, to support us. Uh, you can also keep us in your FOV in between episodes by following us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. Speaking of which, we want to give some uh, special shout outs to some of our followers of the week. So, shout out to Beautiful Vash, Oliver44 Gaming, and Wolf City Games. Thank you, all three of you, for uh, being so dope, uh, for engaging with us, uh, for showing some love to our goofy Instagram posts, and, uh, and just being all around good people. So, thank you all very much for that. Shouts out to Yao. Uh, so, uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into the show, and that is going to start with loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. So let's go ahead and kick things off with uh, the big release uh, that has come out, um, and that is Rainbow Six Extraction. So uh, this uh, this spinoff to the highly successful uh, PvP uh, version uh, of Rainbow Six Siege has come out and uh, come out to some some pretty mixed to slightly negative reviews. Man, um, you know we uh, back when we did our our. Metacritic predictions episode. Uh, we both thought this would get like a seventy-eight or a seventy-nine. I think, right? Yeah. And uh, I believe the Metacritic is sitting at a seventy-two right now, or, or if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, last time I checked, it was seventy-three, but that could have probably changed. Uh, yeah, it's it's possible. As some of the reviews are coming in. Um, you gotta check it's that at out. It's at seventy-three in Open Critic. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 not getting a ton of love, man. And uh, I gotta say, I'm. Um, 
I'm not understanding that. I I, yeah, I have weird. really been um I've really been impressed with this uh with this game so far and I think that it it's doing a lot of things for me that I hoped I can get out of um, you know, a game like Back for Blood from last year, uh, in terms of really just kind of getting me hooked early, um, really making me invested in yeah. trying to get good at the game and, and get a feel for the enemy variety and stuff like that. So, as usual, um, I'll go ahead and jump in with pros, cons, and, and some of my conclusions. And I'd say the pros are, are pretty lengthy for me. I, I love, uh, first of all, I love the way, and feel free to jump in, Pablo. I love the yeah. way the operators are sort of repurposed for this game. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was really good use of, first of all, picking the right operators from the very big roster in Siege um, number one. And I think that their their special abilities are, are really interesting. The weapons they're allowed to yeah. have makes things kind of interesting in terms of like, okay, you pick that one, I'll pick this one. And so we all kind of balance out a little bit. Um, so I really, really dig that. I, I also... Think- I also think that the amount of operators is kind of perfect. I mean, one of the criticisms I've seen online is that there's not a lot of characters because the roster is so big with uh, with Siege that they're kind of saying eight, only 18 of the how many they have in, 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 Siege, in Siege isn't enough. But it is because what it does is it really gets you familiar with a lot of those characters. And then once you get familiar with their abilities and then they take that away from you, that it, it kind of creates a kind of like a connection to the character that you, I've never had with Siege. You know, yeah. It, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think to that point also the 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 injuries and MIAs yeah. aspect of the game is just so dope. I love the fact that it's it first of all I love the fact that it's punishing and that the, it creates a sense of like continuity. Mm-hmm. You can't just be the same person over and over again, completely fail miserably at your mission and think, "Oh, I'll just pick that person again." Yeah. Like there's actual like ramifications to the way you play. So you have yes. to be very careful. And that's why I love the fact that when you get to the gameplay side, you can extract early if you think you don't have much of a fighting chance. Yeah, I love that. Uh, which we've had to do on a, a lot of occasions because we were, bitch. boy, this game is hard. We were, tra- be, yeah. we were trash in the beginning, man. So <laughs> it was a lot in the beginning. But I think that's because there's a lot to kind of get a feel for in terms of like the enemy variety, uh, which I think is really, really good, actually. I, I, yeah. That was my biggest concern kind of coming into the game because all the enemies looked kind of boring. Um but they are very interesting, and they have each like their own different special abilities. It is very much like a Left for Dead. Like you have, you know, the the bloaters which explode on 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 impact. You have the things that are kind of, they have like these wall things that you have to go up and kind of take out the nests. I think that's what, uh, what yeah. they're called. A um, lot of different varieties. A lot of really interesting mission types. Although I wish there were a little bit more um, mission variety. I think they'll probably add some new stuff, uh, I would imagine, uh, you know, down the line. But, um, another positive for me, I think is the sound design. Um, that's, that's huge in a game like this. There has to be, um, there has to be like trustworthy audio cues to know like what is coming, whether it's trying to find an objective or trying to hear like what enemies are in the other room based on the sounds they make. Like I can tell when I'm close to a nest and I've gotten used to that sound and I've gotten used to what some of the enemies sound like too. So I can tell, okay, there's probably two or three of them in the room, blah, blah, blah. Um, And that's what makes it really tense and creates a lot of fun moments. And I think that's the last pro that I would give it to is like, 
this game gives you moments. It really does. Yeah. And it, yeah. whether you're playing with, you know, by yourself or with others, it, it, I think this game just is built in a way where you can have those 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 water cooler stories of, oh man, you remember when we got, you know, ambushed by blah blah blah, you know. That stuff is really really fire and I think that was sorely missing and I hate to keep going back to Back for Blood, but it just it didn't have well, a lot of that, you know. It, it's 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 a it's a Left 4 Dead Back for Blood like. It really is. It takes that formula. Yeah, the PvE it, it, outbreak yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, and I have big pushback on a lot of people who said this could just be DLC because no it's 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 all new levels uh they repurposed a lot of the operators to kind of fit what 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 they have going for it in terms of the gameplay and, and i think that this if this would have been a dlc this would have been a like this basically would have been like a, a a whole other game that they put into siege and it just doesn't it looks and and Tell me if I'm wrong. It looks slightly better than Siege, right? There, uh, it definitely looks better. It, I think it's got HDR, which Siege didn't have. Too. Yeah. So yeah, it looks. It definitely looks better. Really and, and the, dope the particle effects. Yeah, and plus, yeah, I was gonna say the atmosphere and the particle effects and all that stuff really adds to it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. In terms of like the the pros, you've pretty much covered everything that I had. Um, one of the things that uh, I love about it is also it rewards patience. Uh, a lot of these games, and like Siege. You have to be very uh, patient in Siege. You can't just go out and Call of Duty because you're going to die immediately. And I was kind of wondering how they're going to do that with with um, with this game because I'm thinking, you know, it's not PvP and it's not you're not fighting all the soldiers. How exactly are they going to do that? And, and they do that by making these uh, aliens very hyper aware. Like you have to make sure that you are not making any sound. And the game is very adamant about that because they have little things on the screen indicators showing you footsteps over here. You, you know, you alarm something over there. It wants you to know that everything you do does have a consequence. And I love that about the game because it kind of carries over that DNA of even of uh, uh, Vegas and all the Rainbow Six games where you just can't rush in you have to really take your time and this game does that and it, I, I love to see like kind of the dna of something like that even something as so bizarre as an alien invasion uh pve kind of thing it really takes that dna into the game and it and it, it's absolutely a great time it's, it's fantastic uh what do you have for cons because i have i only have like a few and it, it one really bothers me and i'll tell you what that is after you go yeah i mean i think for me um I think that the two biggest things this game needed was it it needed to introduce its story and the main conflict in a better way. I feel like that's very fragmented in this game uh, because it is kind of an interesting take on things, you know, mm -hmm. but it's broken down in weird ways where like if you flip to if you first start playing the game and you start flipping through the menu, you'll automatically trigger these like these little cutscenes to explain a little portion of the game or some of it's really kind of buried away in like logs and stuff that yeah. you have to kind of hope that you can stumble upon. So I, I think what they have is actually maybe more interesting than they gave it credit for. And I think they, they just... They, they just put it in weird places and sort of buried it in a way that I didn't really like. Um, so I, I wish they would have leaned into that a little bit more uh, than that. And I would also say I think that the locations can be a little samey uh, from what we've seen so far, you know, because, yeah, New York and San Francisco to me. I don't really notice that much of a difference because once you're inside a, a you know right. a, a building, everything just kind of looks similar. Yeah, uh, that's true. It, because you have the alien stuff and not the goop on the floor, and it, it all. By kinda, the way, that slime effect is dope. It is. It's super dope. Like I, I, I love that effect. By the way, um, that could that has the potential to be uh, in one of our 
categories for next year with uh, anything goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. But yeah, yeah. I think I think those are my big ones. And I and I like I said earlier, <laughs> having um, more more objectives uh, added that group in as is, time uh, goes on. Go back. To, that group is rated M Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's that's very true. Uh, what do you have for your cons? I'm curious. Okay, so. One of the things was the story because those cutscenes are like they they put some time into those cutscenes and you know they're up front and then when you unlock a new area like I unlocked Alaska last night I haven't played it yet but I unlocked it and it and Thermite came on screen and there was like a little cutscene about why he's in Aust- not Australia uh, Alaska why he's in Alaska and I'm like oh this looks really good but it's like it's so fragmented because I haven't really done anything in San Francisco yet. But it's 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 super weird. None of that stuff is linear in the way it should be, though. Trying to tell you a linear story, it's super kind of like all over the place. My number one complaint is the gun. Not okay. So when you play Siege, your attachments matter in Siege. How you attach a gun, because in this game, all you're striving for is to have a silencer on your weapon. And so I feel like those little things like you can do, like you can have like an angler on there. You can have something else to kind of help you, a compressor instead of a, but you need to have a silenced weapon. And I feel like all those weapons really don't matter since, you know, you all have to silence them. And that's the one thing that doesn't kind of carry over from Siege is like weapon choice and weapon kind of configuration is super important. And this game, it's not. It's all about put a silencer on and shut the fuck up because it's kind of what you have to do. And right. so that that kind of stuff is is because it just hits so well how it just translates everything from C drawn over and then it kind of drops the ball on that. And it's like that kind of does tend to bother me. Another thing is um, it's content light. Like, it, let's call it what yeah. it is. You know, it yeah. looks like there's a lot. Uh, every level has three sections that you can do, but the <clears throat> the actual uh, objectives are the same throughout in each of those sections. And I, they haven't gotten old for us because we're still very you know into the game right now. But I can't see myself six months from now getting too excited about hunting elites or something like that again, you know? So it's one of those things where I hope they, they change it. I, they, they've done a great job with Siege, and so I'm sure that they will. Uh, but it's just, it's a little content like, but I, that's not really a base complaint because it is on Game Pass, and it is only $40 for those of you who don't have Game Pass. So, you know, they priced it correctly. could have probably been a little cheaper, but I think they did a pretty good job with it in that sense. And just to think, when the f- game was announced, it was going to be a fully priced $60 game. I don't know if something happened where they, where they maybe took some shit out to probably add it out later on DLCs or whatever, but $60 for this game would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, and that that's that kind of is my biggest uh, takeaway as well, is like, it's a good time but can it be a good time for a long time or is it just one of those things you do is is it like this year's chivalry too for us right. you know like we have our fill of it for like a a good couple weeks to a month and then we're like i just don't need to go back to that again you know and, that, and, and, and that's okay it, it's fine, it, but you know, I think the can of worms that I'm going to try not to open now um, that I'll actually save for later uh, is is the longevity of these PVE games is a real question for me just as a whole. Yeah, I'm I'm really concerned about you know the the the, the studios that want to go after this because you really have to have a hell of a roadmap and you have to come out of the gate strong in order to really 
uh, be successful. And I really haven't seen a lot of games manage that very well um, in recent years. So I think they have a tall order, especially with the, you know, the low Metacritic um, that doesn't do them any favors. And I know that companies shouldn't care about it as much as they do, but they care. Uh, so I, I hope that the, the 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 poor reception or the mediocre reception doesn't scare them away from giving this yeah. game the love that it deserves because I think it is a really really good time and uh, it's a game that I I I'll just say I, I and I tweeted this um, I'm glad to start being able to build my top ten this soon in the year um, I think so. yeah. and to be pleasantly surprised like this because I really didn't know if this game was going to pan out yeah we so. we had our doubts um, yeah I, you know one of the things that I I, I look about I, I think about this is I wonder how many people feel like me where like I kind of want to go back to Siege after playing uh, this uh, extraction because it's fun, but it's like, man, this is this is Siege like in terms of gameplay. So it's like, I wonder yeah. if Siege is going to get a bump here in a couple of weeks after people kind of had their fill with extraction. Uh, I oh, think I'm I might sure. Go, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, think their battle pass is probably going to have stuff for both, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they're, they're definitely going to try to, you know advocate for that for sure i think if i were to put a tentative and i want to ask you this too if i were to give a, a tentative marco critic rating to this um i think i would probably give it like an 80 to an 81 i think it's uh it is a solid game uh yeah. i think it has some questions about like i said its roadmap and what they're going to do to support it but i don't have a lot of flaws with this game i just think it's a matter of how they're going to sustain this in the long haul um, yeah. for me, but I, I really, really love it. it it's, it's, uh, it's one of the few PVE games that I've actually really found myself invested in and it's been a really fun time. So I, my, my Marco critic would probably be 81 on this one. What would yeah, you, I, what would your Pablo critic be? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a, it, there's a, this making these kind of games is difficult. And I think that they managed to, through all the shit, and even after the the, the left for or back for back for blood stuff, they still managed to come out and deliver a really fun game. And I think that's all you can ask for for these type these type of things. And I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to play this and how much I'm gonna have fun in terms of in the future of it. But as of right now, man, uh, the fun that I've had that it's I'm at eighty. Like I'm at an eighty solid eight point for right. it. It is a one of those. Sure, it's it might not have the staying power like siege or or even warzone or anything like that if we want to kind of compare give that service but ultimately for me i feel like you know got it on game pass played it with my friends my brother having a good time still kind of really into it still want to play it i mean it, that's it that's all you need that's all you need you know hey, especially man. january yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the January part is important too, for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of our thoughts on Rainbow Six Extraction. We'll definitely be playing more of that, and we'll uh, we'll let you know how we're feeling about it as time goes on, if anything uh, is, uh, is is newsworthy about it. But uh, another game we've been playing uh, is, is a little, uh, little game called Windjammers 2. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know how to describe this game other than it's like a weird mix of like Pong and tennis, uh, but yeah. like top-down... Um, but like frisbees, also it's, 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 a, it's table a lot hockey. of things. It's table hockey. It, it, yeah, essentially, it's table hockey. Uh, it's a really interesting game. I never played the first one, um, but it was one of those games that kind of had that like that small little cult following of yo, this game is was was really good, and then it got Neo brought Geo. back. Yeah, and then it got brought back uh, mm -hmm. not too long ago uh, as like a remaster kind of thing, and um, there was enough traction there, I guess, to make the sequel. Um, I, you know, for me as a first timer, I, I'm I'm kind of 
you know, this is almost my Windjammers one, right? So yeah. like, I'm I'm still kind of enjoying the novelty of the frenetic skill based gameplay, um, the the tightness of of that of the movement, the strategy involved in that. Um, I like the roster so far. I think it's a really nice mix of of skills and capabilities. There's a couple of characters. Even I remember when we were playing the other day, there was one character that was like one of the female characters that you were like you were trying to kind of wrap your mind around her play style. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. Once you kind of figured out what they were going for, it was like kind of interesting. They had a character like her uh, to kind of throw it, you know, throw a little wrench in, in the formula. Yeah. Um, I like the uh, the arenas. They have a little bit of a different flavor to them. Um, the Vegas like one the, was dope. I, yeah, I was gonna say I like the Vegas one uh, from just like the visual standpoint, what they do with like the scoring system on there, with like the gambling or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, so super, super fun. Um, I also think, as far as pros go, that the eighties um, meets Street Fighter influence is definitely Man, uh, that junkyard uh, soundtrack. Duh, yeah, Get dance. <laughs> Get dance. <laughs> it's Get so dance. fire. Okay, you don't have to. You, you can stop now. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. All right, from the top. <laughs> uh, no, no, take the podcast from the top. Start over. Uh, no, but um, I, I'm really enjoying it from that standpoint. As far as um, like the pros of the game, what do you have to say about all that? Yeah, man, I I love th- this game. Really is 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 table hockey. But once you start re- getting really into it, it is essentially a fighting game. You know, you have you know it's one v one, and you can tap. They're easy kind of like all right you can just throw it against the but there are certain mind games that start coming into it you can do some canceling where you look like you're about to throw the plate down or the frisbee down but then really end up throwing it you can it, the volley system is really dope too like you can really get into that like whole back and forth and it's it's all it, especially when it starts going back and forth it all starts going mind games and geometry like okay i'm gonna hit off this corner it really is Super basic to play, but super intricate and really, really complex if you start really getting into the nitty-gritty of it. I think that kind of stuff is so uh, so dope. Like It reminds me of that one fighting game, um, Kick, Dash Kick, Kick? I forgot what it was. It's Kick I Dash. Tell you. Where, I think it's Kick Dash. Oh, Dive sure. Kick? Dive Kick, yeah. It was only diving and kicking. That's the only two buttons you press in Dive Kick. And, I remember that. Yeah, and then so <laughs> you start getting really creative with kind of the... That kind of reminds because it's, it's really simple. You, once you get the basics down, it's it's fine. It's how you put those things together. Um, I know that maybe we're, we're deferring here. We're about to know because your cons are coming up. I love the art style. I think the art style is really dope. It really, like you said, reminds me a lot of a Street Fighter, uh, like Super Street Fighter uh, kind of uh, art style to it. I think the character kind of um, designs are really cool. You know, they're not like they're not like crazy. You know, oh no, but no. but uh, they have some really f- funny looking characters. They 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 do a really good job with it. Um, I I I really do enjoy it. Right now, I'm having a great time with it. But yeah, that's where I stand. Okay, I mean, in terms of cons for me, I think the biggest thing is that this game does a pretty terrible job of introducing you to how to play. Yeah. Um, the tutorial is 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 a literal slideshow, which I think is a which is, horrible way. Which is weird because about five months ago, the development team released a video on how to play, and they showed the uh, the tutorial. But except in the tutorial, you could actually you do it. So I, the guy was actually doing it. So I don't know why they didn't put that in the game. I don't know if it was like a time constraint or a budget issue. Like I have no idea. But yeah. that's just you know, if you're introducing a, a fictitious sport, you you kind of have to do a better job than that. You because really do. 
you're already against the wall at being kind of a, a lesser known game. You're probably going to, you, you really need Game Pass for a game like this, let's be honest. So you have to do a better job of, of, of welcoming people into what this game is. And to that point, there's also no exposition story or lore at all about the sport, about no. any of the players, about the world. There's like, there's, <laughs> it's, it's just straight up play the game. You know what I mean? So, well, I will say, uh, once you beat it in the championship mode, you find out that pretty much all the guys are beautiful gay boys. So that's okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are like, so, <laughs> So basically, every time you finish a story with one of the the males, they're all playing like, uh, uh, how do you call it, soccer with each other. But it, the way it's it's shown, it's like, oh, they're kind of cute. They're they're just having a good time. It's it's love. Oh my god, it's all love, baby. It's good. It's good. I, I love that little stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I do think that that's just kind of terrible, but. That that development team is 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 gaining a really good following with like kind of like bringing old games back. Like they're one of their biggest games this year besides from Jammers is uh, the Ninja the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Shredder's Revenge. That's them. They're coming out. That's coming out this year. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, I don't really. That's all. I agree with you on the cons, but I don't really have much else to say because I, I think it's really simple. Um, and I think it's one of those things where you're going to love it or you're just going to bounce off of it, you know. Well, and that's the thing, though. Like when you look at the the, the amount of players online, I know. it gives it gives you the number. Players. It, it shouldn't give you the number. Yeah, <laughs> it's like five hundred at seven hundred at a time. It's like, oh boy, this is bad. It's, it's a it's, super niche thing, though. But well. And it's yeah. also a bad time to put it out because Game Pass just got dumped yeah. with a bunch of new stuff too. So it's it is in everybody's back burner already, which is yeah. unfortunate because it's it's really fun. And I typically don't like playing with my friends in in like competitive games against each other, but even that's fun. But we played and it, and it, for me, it never felt competitive. It just kind of felt like oh, this is fun. It's like a f- fun yeah. just yeah. whatever. Yeah, it, it's it still has its niche, yeah, for sure. So I, I I'm gonna keep it installed, and you know we'll oh, come yeah. back to it as a nice, a nice little palate cleanse for sure. But it's just a, a shame that it's it's already kind of lost in the shuffle, at least on the Xbox side. I can't speak on the other on, on other consoles, but uh, yeah, well, I, I mean think, Xbox uh, is on Game Pass, so it's like you think that's where the most that's where yeah. the, probably the biggest uh you know uh play uh count is so. Yeah, I think the you know it, it's it's probably gonna be a ghost town in a couple months, sadly. But it'll be the most fun ghost town of uh, of Game Pass for sure. <laughs> I played online once, and it was I got my I got my entire ass, including the asshole, handed all, right back to me. All of it, okay. The sphincter yeah. and everything, got it. Okay, yep, all right, everything, straight beat down, like immediately. It was I was like, oh, I okay, <laughs> I guess I'm going to sleep. All right, uh, Pablo bruises easily. Uh, so, so last, I'm sorry, guys. Last game uh, on our uh, our list of loadouts is uh, nobody saves the world. All right, Great so this is the uh, this is the same studio that made uh, Guacamole, if uh, if I'm Dope. recalling correctly, which is uh, a pretty well received uh, game to say the One least. Yeah, um, Pablo, I I, I I I don't know if I like this one. I'm not I'm not. I'm not loving it. I'm I'm kind of I'm su- I'm supremely indifferent to this game. Um, I think it has great art style. I think it has excellent music. I think it has uh, interesting diversity, as you can basically shape shift into different uh, characters that have different capabilities and stuff like that. But I find this gameplay to be 
remarkably boring and average and just not very exciting. Um, and on top of that, you know how I am with indie games that try to be quirky and, and silly and slapstick. And so I think this game suffers from indie-itis in the same ways. It's it's trying to be funny and the dialogue is trying to be silly and goofy. And it's just, it's not connecting with me at all. But it's, it's a shame because I love looking at this game and I love yeah. listening to this game. Uh, and, I, and I like the general premise a, a lot. I just... I just do not like picking up sticks and playing this at, at all. So I don't have much to say about it. It just it, it's a miss for me. Um, but but where are you at with this one? Yeah, I have to kind of really sit down and, and give it some time. Uh, I played uh, I played a little bit of it. I I enjoy it. Uh, the the thing that I'm seeing here that it's gonna be problematic for me is that it, the unevenness of it. It's not consistent because there are 15 different forms that you can actually take throughout the game, and they're just cer- certain forms that I don't like playing as. It just and I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through the game if I'm going to be into to a point forced to play as a specific uh, f- uh, form. And some you do just to kind of for traversal to get across, like turn into a turtle to get across uh, a lake or something like that. that. That kind of stuff is fine. But there are certain kind of dungeons where you have to play as a specific kind of um, transformation because either it's the only way you can get in, your attacks, the people in that area are, are susceptible to those attacks. So for it, it, there's a lot. There's a lot of ambition to this game, though it seems very basic and very simple. It, it is quite ambitious. It's something different they've done because they've done with Guacamelee and Guacamelee 2 and Severed, I think, are very like, you know, Guacamelee is a fighting uh, platformer. You know, it, it is complex in its own thing, but it is complex within its own kind of framework. This does a lot. You know, and I think it's I, like like you. I, I think it looks absolutely beautiful. I think the sound and the music is outstanding. Drinkbox makes incredible games. They're really, really talented. But I I don't know um, if is it something that's going to hold me because of of the unevenness to it. It's just inconsistent. I'm, sometimes I'm having a great time, smile on my face. I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And other times I'm like. Oh, I don't want to play it like right now. I don't want to play as this fucking rat or whatever the case may be in in in, in any of these uh, dungeons. But I, I it is it is what it is in that sense. Uh, it, it's it's doing a lot, and so um, with that, you know, it comes with a certain kind of criticism where you have to kind of judge it for what it is. And I think ultimately for me, it's going to be just a really uneven experience. And so, but I, I still got to sit down with it and really give it some time. However, I don't know if that's going to be possible because next week, depending on how good Pokemon is and then yeah. Dying Light and yeah. then Horizon <laughs> and then, here oh it comes. God. Yeah, here yeah. it comes, you know? Yeah. So we'll see. So. We'll see. Yeah, I, I I'm I had to make the call now. I'm not going to invest more time in it than than necessary. So it's yeah. it's a bounce off for me. But hey, it might be uh you know some something that you know indie indie game lovers are are, are going to enjoy. And it's it's not a bad made video no. game. It's 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 well made. It's just it's very unique and it's not necessarily for for everybody. It you know what it is for me? me? I'm still searching for the January Celeste. Celeste came out three years ago. January 30th and I'm searching for that next incredible indie game that's going to like really hold me and this isn't going to be it but you know it is Mm -mm. what it is nobody's going to hold you Um, that's a joke about the name of the game and what you just said together as one sentence let's let's go that's how you know they're good when you explain them 
Let's go to let's go to hit points, guys. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for hit points. All right, thank God for the transition because that joke didn't work. Uh, all right, so uh, we have two uh, interesting stories to cover in this uh, this news segment of the program. The first one is uh, is about a game called Ghostwire Tokyo. You may have heard of it. That is the uh, the, the the final. Uh, PlayStation console exclusive uh, from our friends at Bethesda. I like to um, see it as a Xbox published PlayStation game. That that as well. That as well. So, uh, word on the street, uh, word on the Tokyo streets is uh, the PSN page. <laughs> I'm sorry, hell. guys, it is late. Um, the PSN page for Ghostwire Tokyo was reportedly uh, updated with a release date. Of March 24th of this year. Um, insider Tom Henderson has also reported that the game's horror elements have been scaled back in favor of a more action-oriented focus. Um, Pablo, kicking it to you first. Yeah. If First off, if this release date is correct, how do we feel about the lack of marketing and, and, and coverage for a game that's coming out so soon and what do you think this may or maybe may not imply about the quality of this game? I I find it, and this kind of goes back to to, to praising Sony for for knowing how to pick them. Uh, Deathloop might not have resonated with me and Marco, but I sure as hell resonated with the gaming industry. And I I find it I'm I'm, I'm in a kind of like a weird position where I don't think. This game is going to be bad, like a total disaster, because Sony put money behind it in terms of trying to get it as an exclusive game. So I, I think there's something there, uh, something interesting. Now, as for the release date, I did a little bit of digging around, and I, I saw that the that the Sony um, fiscal year ends at the end of March, you know, and so I just think this might be a placeholder title, uh, a date, you know, this like the end, the last week where it could possibly release to hit that. I don't think it's coming out. I don't think it's coming out. I hope. I hope you're. I hope you're right because this is just weird. Yeah, to I don't not have. I don't anything. think it is uh, unless unless they're waiting for Horizon Zero Dawn to come out, and once Horizon Zero Dawn to come out, they'll have like a, a state of play, and they have a big blowout on it, um, which is weird because they love their their, their trailers. They, I mean, Deathloop got like seven hundred and twenty. 727,638 <laughs> of them, for sure. I, I don't know. We'll see. I do think this is probably just a placeholder date. Um, as for the horror elements being pulled back, I don't know how to feel about that because I don't know what the fuck this game is still. I still don't know. I know it's... Actually, I, I was about to try to explain as to what this game might be. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. There, I, there's some wires involved in Tokyo, I think, uh, and perhaps uh, coasts. Um, but other than that, I, I, I kind of feel confident that this game is going to be decent my i i don't think it's going to be a complete and utter trash i, I just is something about sony's track record with picking these kind of exclusive games that these indie titles it's not an indie game but just just the way that they know how to do it. i think uh, shuhei yoshida is the one in charge of these things he's he has pretty good taste so they might have seen something there with, with that that they really thought could uh could be different and special enough to bring it into the playstation 4 uh, platform exclusively so that's where i'm at I'm going to be a little bit more spicy and say I I think two things. I think that there's some possibility of this game coming out soon. It might not be that exact day, 
because uh, you might be right about that as far as like the, 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 the placeholder date. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was coming out soon, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's not getting certain marketing dollars, perhaps because maybe Deathloop didn't sell the best. Right. Um, and I just don't know if they're really committed to trying to get that game to sell as much, especially with the Microsoft acquisition throwing hmm. a wrinkle in there too. Maybe maybe they just want to let this one go and just get it out there. And it doesn't sound like the game was in the best development um, in the world either. I think right, they lost right. their lead uh, yeah, early yeah. on. Um, we didn't see the game for a really long time. When we finally did, it's made zero sense. No one has explained the game one time. <laughs> so um, we have really no idea what this game is. You then know, we hear about this with the horror going away. It's more action oriented. Do they even know what the hell Ghostwire Tokyo is supposed you to know, be? I think you made the, a great uh, salient point there in that if they promote it, ex- they're promoting Xbox, or at least yeah. an Xbox studio. And so if it sells a certain amount of money, sure, PlayStation makes money, but maybe Deathloop didn't make enough money to where it made a dent. And so they're like, we're not even going to promote it because if we do, it'll make us money, but an insignificant amount of money. And anyway, if it makes us that money, we're still making Xbox some money. So maybe they're being petty. And look, Sony is known to be motherfucking petty. Like, I mean, you know. Oh, Jim Jim Ryan was born in Mount Petty. He was born and <laughs> raised in the mountains. But even before that, though, this is how you share games on PlayStation. Handed right <laughs> over. To, it was a Yoshida and Andrew. Always been a little yeah. shade, yeah. yeah. So I. I, I think that there's some truth to definitely the, the, the game being a bit troubled and, and unclear about what it's trying to be. And I I do feel, and we'll see, I, there's been rumors of there being a, a state of play in February. Um, I'm sure we'll ha- it'll resurface at some point because it kind of has to eventually. But I don't see it getting the same push that Deathloop got, especially if Deathloop didn't necessarily set the world on fire in terms of sales despite its critical reception being yeah, really sure. really good so um but very interesting Arcane keep an eye on. in a nutshell hey man you know how it goes um story number two uh to round out our hit points so in a recent twitter post phil spencer of xbox confirmed contacting Sony about his intention of honoring all existing agreements upon officially acquiring Activision Blizzard, along with his quote-unquote desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. So, Pablo, this uh, was obviously another can of worms that got opened uh, you know, throughout the course of this, this, uh, this news of the acquisition, and... Boy, has there been a lot of buzz about this tweet, um, yeah. and a lot of misinterpretations too. So, oh, uh, yeah. do you do you want to go ahead and jump yeah. in and and kind of let people know what's going on here? So before uh, we were gonna record, we're always gonna record this episode, but I had a, a prediction that uh, Phil Spencer and Xbox was going was going to buy Blizzard Activision was going to buy Blizzard, not Activision, because I myself couldn't even. Can you comprehend what that would mean if they bought Activision and Blizzard? So I get it. I get that this is a hard pill to swallow. But at the end of it, when you look at business and how business is done, when things are... Hold on. This beeping shit started with the car. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's like really loud. Hold on. That's See, that's Jim Ryan backing up. 
You can talk trash. Talk huh? that shit. But listen, and basically, when someone uses the word desire and intent, it is never confused with it's happening and it will happen. This is a very carefully, like somebody said, this is the most expensive tweet in the world because they had to take it to some lawyer, and then the lawyer had to be like, yes, say this, yes, say that. I think there must there could have been something in the works where the twenty billion dollar loss on Sony's part and 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 kind of feel kind of just saying something to appease the relationship, because I, I think and a lot of people have said this that 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 they've had that conversation. Phil and Xbox they want something from Sony, they want something and they're leveraging their Activision Blizzard purchase or looming purchase specifically Call of Duty in order to get what they want, whether that's Game Pass on PlayStation. Or Final Fantasy 16, not to be, you know, uh, exclusive, whatever the case may be. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Um, but really, what it comes down to is simplicity. If Phil and Xbox were going to keep Call of Duty in PlayStation, they would just outright say it. They would say, don't worry, guys, Xbox, I mean, Call of Duty and future Call of Duty games are going to come out on the platform. This is not what happened. Really, this tweet for me doesn't mean that it's going to. They're gonna keep uh, Call of Duty on PlayStation, on PlayStation, but it also doesn't mean to me that they won't. It, it's really just a, a a nothing tweet. It is a tweet saying, "Hi, I'm Phil. We bought this people. We bought uh, Activision Blizzard. We want to keep it on PlayStation, but who knows? See you later." That's kind of like what the whole vibe of the tweet is. I, I don't really find it to be anything like, you know, reiterating and stating and, and really kind of confirming that. Things like Warzone and and past PlayStation games are probably going to stay on the platform, but nothing about the future of Call of Duty. And so a lot of people took that and they've implemented that. It's like, he's saying all Call of Duty games are... He's not really saying anything when it comes to that kind of thing. He's saying the things that we already know. Existing games will stay on the platform because of course they will. Warzone, of course it will. It's not going to go anywhere. But I really do think that people are are still kind of struggling with the definition of ownership and really kind of understanding what this means. And you don't spend... $70 billion in order to keep the status quo. And and and, and Phil is a very uh, diplomatic CEO. He wants to be portrayed as the, I love, X, I love PlayStation, I love Nintendo, I love them all, and we had a conversation with PlayStation, and everything is good, we're best friends, Call of Duty's gonna, we'll see what happens there. That's kind of the whole, kind of, uh, the whole vibe of the tweet itself. So, I, I, I really think that people putting too much into this one way or the other, are really just kind of either pulling, you know, showing their fandom with the Xbox and wanting PlayStation to to suffer, which is stupid, or the PlayStation, you know, fans just kind of like, oh, of course it's coming out because there's no way that they're going to abandon this player base. Of course they'll abandon it if they have to. They don't give a fuck. Microsoft has so much money that they think a third of their audience of Call of Duty going away isn't really going to do much in a way of kind of like impeding their money uh, flow. It really just is the fact that it's going to be on Call of Duty, it's going to be on Game Pass, and it's going to be a way to get people to go on on the platform. So for me, I don't think this means anything. It's just Phil kind of... Settling some waters with PlayStation, kind of doing the business stuff, but on a more social forefront kind of way. Okay. Um, all right. So I, I, yeah, I agree with most of what you're saying. I, I'm, I'm probably going to go into another one of my long tangents. So bear with me. Um, I know I went on one of the last episode, but I, I, I got I got to get my bars off here. So here's the thing. And this first part of what I'm going to say goes out to the Twitter community. 
please understand this. Phil Spencer does not need an interpreter. Okay? He doesn't need any of you to try to read between his lines. All right? Phil Spencer said exactly what he wanted to say, and he said it exactly how he had to say it. Okay? And that's a really important thing for people to keep in mind because Phil Spencer has to, in in a lot of ways, you got to think, okay, every word that that man says has to be put through a very, very strict legal filter because what he cannot do in any sort of way, shape or form is talk himself out of leverage with Sony or any other stakeholder or company that Microsoft is affiliated with by making promises on a Twitter account that might not come to fruition because of business reasons later on. So that's a very important thing because a lot of people are like, well, why is he being so cagey? And a lot of it is because, look, guys, he's playing ball. He's playing ball with Sony. And and that leads me to my next point. Not every tweet is for us, okay? So what might seem like a pretty inconsequential tweet to the gaming community is a very different tweet if you're Sony. Phil Spencer's tweet is for Sony. It is directed, it is a it is a DM gone public. <laughs> okay? Pretty much. And and that's because what 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 Phil's doing in 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 so many words is he's sunning Sony <laughs> right now. That's what he's doing. It, it, and I'm being half joking, but it's it's the truth. He is basically telling them, "Listen. If you want Call of Duty, maybe we can swing it. But if we're going to have that conversation, you're going to have to bring your checkbook to it, okay? Yeah. You're right. going to have to agree to our terms, the percentages we want, everything we want. It's it's almost like how some jobs, this is a, a lousy example, but you know how some jobs will create outlandish uh, requirements for you to get your annual bonus or something like that? Hell yeah. That's what that's what they're going to do. They're going to say, hey, we, we want to bring this to PlayStation, <laughs> but they won't give us 100% of all the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and they have the, the leverage to do that. Now, if Phil Spencer were to go out there and tweet the other day, hey, we are committed to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation forever. Now he's got to eat those words forever. And Sony then has the leverage to say, hey, you're out here saying that you're going to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. So now we get to set the terms. It's more of what we want to do. And you got to play a little bit more ball with us than it just being the way you want it to be. So he's got to play it very, very safe when he says these things. He had to say something to kind of let people know he's out there. He, he wants you guys to know what he's trying to do. But that was a very Sony-directed tweet. So it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Um, there's still a lot of time for that to happen. But this is Sony's time to kind of figure out what they want to do. This is basically Phil saying, yo, I... I Maybe, maybe. Let but, me ask you a question. You know, right. episode thirty-seven, we covered pretty much the acquisition stuff, and we had we had things yeah. to say there. But let me ask you this: with everything that's come out, what do you think will be the future of Call of Duty? Will it be an exclusive uh, on Xbox, uh, or will you know, or will PlayStation play ball and, and get Call of Duty on 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 you know on their platform? I I saw a thing where. 
Uh, apparently, PlayStation makes a decent amount of money from Call of Duty, but not enough money to where if they lost it, uh, it would kill them in any way, shape, or form. So, right. will Sony give up anything? Will Sony, uh, uh, you know, crumb? Uh, will Sony kind of bow down to the, the 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 things that Microsoft is asking for, or is Microsoft pretty much like you said, just? Telling them, yeah, sure, we'll do it, but you have to pretty much, you know, be a bitch, which is not gonna yeah. happen. So, yeah. what it, do you think is that? Because I, I, I personally think in a couple of years that Warzone will be the the thing that stays on. But I, that, that's I what I think too. Yeah, that's what I think too. I think they're gonna set the, the they're gonna move the goalpost in, to such a degree where Sony's not going to agree to the terms. They're probably not going to be super realistic. But because Sony will turn down whatever that conversation is. Microsoft will play the hey, hey, <laughs> look guys, we, we wanted to, we tried, and it's shrewd, but it's it, that's what I think is going to happen. I I heard this kind of uh, it was I think it was Paris Lilly who is a you know uh, uh, video game pundit on, on Twitter and yeah. other podcast. He um said that he thought that in the future we're going to get these single player really great. Call of Duty experiences because you're going to have time to make them, uh, you know, really great because it's not going to be annually anymore. And that's going to be exclusive to Xbox. And the multiplayer portion will will continuously, like like Halo, be free to play, but also come out on multi-plat. I, I can see that happening, but the, then again, the problem there is the money situation with DLC and, 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 and battle passes. How is that going to work out? Because Microsoft is going to want 99.9% of that revenue, you know? Well, so and, and the other factor to all this is I don't see Call of Duty, and we talked about this in the last episode, I don't know if it's going to be annual anymore either. Hell no, so, it won't be. You know, so, no so, so the, the, the proposition on on Sony's side is not going to be the same as it would be if this was typical Call of Duty right. regimen. You know what right, I mean? Exactly. So it, it's a very different, it's a very different beast. Now. Yeah. Cause Phil's already talking about pulling toys for Bob and all these other, he's, right. he's literally mentioning other dead franchises to want to bring back. And people who are working within the, within Activision already excited about bringing back guitar hero, certain like dead, uh, like I, those certain things I, that I, that's exciting to me because you know, what I, I want to see more from this this it, this like mammoth uh, publishing studio is the it's all it does is Call of Duty when it has all this shit. It's crazy. It's crazy. And and, and yeah. on, on top of everything else, Sony is also in a position where they're sitting on a lot of dormant franchises that can that can be a good alternative too. Like we Hell talked yeah. about SOCOM in the last episode. There's yeah. your military shooter that people already know. People have already been asking for a comeback. You talk about losing Spyro and uh, Crash Bandicoot. You also have Jack and Daxter in the tuck. Like, you know, uh, we, we uh, posted something on Instagram for that uh, the other day and, and people were definitely like, you know, wanting to bring it back, you know, and it's, uh, you know, you have Sly Cooper, like, you can, Sly you, Cooper. that's my you, shit right there. You've got, you've got games, you just maybe need to bring them out of the grave and you might have everything you need without Activision, without having to comply with Xbox if you're Sony. So it you know there's a lot of Sony things. Sony is both the these... number one publisher in the entire world, and it comes to full revenue. I you know there's they they don't really need anything. You know they they're making really good money on their IP. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah, no doubt. All right, man. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for hit points. Um, I think we're ready to get into the main event of the show, the checkpoint chat. Ask me, ask me, ask me. 
It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. And as promised, uh, our Checkpoint Chat for this episode is going to be our 2022 predictions uh, for for all of gaming. So, uh, me and Pablo basically uh, picked five uh, predictions that are going to start mild and go up and up and up to spicy, to hot. To, to, to scolding hot um, in terms of just how, how daring and how bold our predictions actually are for this year. Uh, anything goes. It could be about studios. It could be about the console makers. It could be about anything. So we, we pretty much had um, the pick of anything we wanted. Plus, we also decided to uh, each make one prediction uh, regarding each other's personal top 10 lists of 2022. So... Uh, lots to get into, uh, but how about we go ahead and start with the top 10 predictions for each other? I think that'd be a good little little appetizer for this. Yeah. So uh, we don't know what, what we picked for each other, so this is going to be kind of us hearing this for the first time. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm curious of, of what your prediction is going to be about my top 10 list. So Pablo, why don't you go ahead and jump in first. So, okay. So my prediction for you in terms of your top 10 is Elden Ring will release and Marco will be pleasantly surprised. While it won't immediately resonate with Marco in terms of it being like a top 10 contender, it will eventually end up in your top 10 list. It'll be this year's Hitman 3. And I'm going further. It won't be 10 and it won't be 9. It'll be a little higher than that. uh, Mm. that. I I really am confident in in what this game is doing that I think Marco is going to find really, like it's going to really understand. I think it's going to be the game that that, that... gets him in terms of the souls like i don't know if he'll beat it or he'll be way into it but i think it'll be it'll be one of those games where it'll be hard for marco to kind of not really like praise it in in that way so that's kind of where if that happens that'd be crazy well i mean i I have to go crazy (laughs) in that sense because i think i have it like at 95 in terms of open critic and if it's a 95 game like you know you know you know enough about games to where if it's a 95, there, there's going to be something there for everybody, including you. So, uh, I mean, and, and I it's could... not like you're, it's like you're completely like adverse to it. Like, I think you, you really appreciate Demon Souls. Uh, I have and, an appreciation for all of them. I yeah. just, I see their, their, their 90 and upness <laughs> on yeah. the Metacritic, you know, side of things. I get but it. But I want it to resonate. I, I, hey, look, man, I, I would love for you to be right, but yeah. I, I don't know, man. I got my reservations. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but okay. That's, that's a, that's an interesting one. I, I can, honestly, I can see that. I, I, I can see that. I visualize it. It's on my vision board. Um, <laughs> all right. So here's my <laughs> prediction oh, no. for, for, for you. As soon as I say the, the name of the game, you're going to, you're going to go, oh no, here we go. Oh no, I already know what it is. Sports Story will launch in 2022 oh, and it will not crack Pablo's personal top 10 games of the year. This will Thunder. mostly be due to the game fizzling out after a strong start, which will leave an opening for Pablo to do one of his signature things and shift his attention to other games. He'll claim that he will go back. He'll claim that he's going to go back and play it by the end of the year, but he's just not going to be able to get himself going enough to complete it, and it'll slip off of his top 10 and probably be an honorable mention at best. Look, if that happens, then that game failed. Because, like, Golf Story for me, I, you know, I, it's one of my favorite games uh, of the last few years. So, 
you know, that's a really, that's like a two-pronged prediction. Because once you're saying, once you're saying it's not going to be top 10, and then you're saying that sports story is not going to be that good. Because it, it's, it, if it's not going to make my top 10, then that means it's not going to be that good. So that's a two-pronged, that's a bold prediction. You know what? I told you. I'll tell you right now. That would, that would be like, that would be heartbreaking. But <laughs> I, I, one thing about us in this podcast and things that we've come to, to kind of understand is that when we're wrong, we eat our crows. So, you know, oh, yeah. if, 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 if that happens, that happens. But I, <laughs> I hope it does. I thought you were going to do Horizon Zero Dawn, a Horizon Forbidden West thing. I no, was gonna, no, okay. you're going to, it's going to be crow story easy. for you. Crow right. story for you. All right. We'll see, man. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll keep a tab on that um, and and see where we land uh, at the end of the year. Uh, we won't have to wait too long to find out about your Elden Ring one, uh, probably. Well, but, we, uh, well, I mean, I don't know because Hitman Three came out in January. You were kind of okay on it, and you're like definitely not a top ten game. And when, once the year was out, it made like was number eight or something, eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of my prediction for you. It's, I think it's going to be those things at the end of the year where it's going to be like. All right, let me evaluate all these games that came out. It's like, you know what? Elden Ring is probably better than said mm. game and whatnot. And that's kind of how it was slotted. So we'll see. I got you. All right, man. Well, let's. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get into our uh, our five gaming industry related uh, predictions now? Uh, and I'll bounce it to you first. Give me yeah. give me your mild uh, prediction on the scale here. It's like, it's like a, this is like yeah. this is like an episode of Hot Ones, but for predictions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So Sony's Project Spartacus will just be a, glory, a glorified reband. Though Sony will talk about it like a Game Pass killer, we will see it soon after that it's anything but. Rumors are that Spartacus right now uh, will merge PS Now and PS Plus benefits and break it down to a three-tier uh, system closer to Nintendo tier services. Sony will continue its infamous marketing of promising to deliver something great without an actual infrastructure to create a delivery system. Uh, rumors state that the first party games will not be included in the service. With everything that's happened, you think Sony would rethink that strategy, but they won't. Mm. This is just going to be a glorified rebrand where it's going to meld two things together, and ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's not going to come close to what Game Pass is. That'd be a scary reality for Sony because you you really need this really has to count this this is a this is a big move for them and they have to get it right and if it is anything like that at all, but man, here's a silver lining in that Sony being Sony and, and them being the the industry leader as of now, I don't think that Spartacus will will only be that in the future. I just think for this year. That's what Spartacus is oh, going to be. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, eventually Spartacus is going to have to to be the Game Pass or Sony, yeah. and I think that it will be eventually. But I, like when Xbox released Game Pass, they they hit the ground running. I think it's going to take Sony some time to do that. A lot of people think that it's going to be the same thing where Sony's going to be like, boom, Spartacus. It's going to be all these games, first party games, and I don't think that Sony's going to do that. I think Sony. It's trial by fire. It's a it's an active attrition for Sony. They have to fucking get fucked up before they can really, you know, really put their feet on the ground on that shit. So that's my prediction. What's your number five? Okay. All right. So my um, so I think uh, I I want to start with uh, an Xbox uh, exclusive uh, that is coming out uh, projected to come out this year, and it is about a game called Redfall uh, from Arcane Studios. Why you do this to me, man? Here we go. If, if, 
if Redfall launches this year, it will be considered a disappointment critically and to be considered the back for blood of 2022. Um, I think there's a couple of reasons why that's going to happen. I think first and foremost, and this was almost going to be a prediction of mine, but it was a little too close to some rumors that are out there for me to like call it my own. But there's been a lot of talk about Unreal Engine 5 uh, giving some developers some problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, a lot of delays are uh, ironically, or maybe not so ironically, from games that are using UE5. And that is a little disconcerting um, that maybe this this engine is not quite ready for big time yet. Um, and uh, I think Redfall could potentially be, uh, uh, hopefully not, but I mean, it could potentially be a casualty of that in terms of uh, you know performance and stuff. I also think that it's going to kind of come in a little flat. Um, I think it's it, it I think it's going to have a, a, a pretty tough rollout. Uh, marketing wise again I, I have nothing to quantify this this is all sure, just sure, predictions sure. Yeah. I just think it's going to have a tough rollout I think it's going to really struggle to uh, assert itself as yet another PVE outbreak-ish kind of game which we talked about earlier um, it, it's hard for these games to crack it man and and I think this is Arcane's first stab at it you guys know if you follow the show long enough I'm not a big Arcane guy and I think this game is is going to kind of limp a little out of the gate. Some people are going to like it. Some people are going to think it's fine. It's decent. It's a solid game. But I don't think that it's going to be... Um, I don't think it's going to be one of those IP from Microsoft that's going to be like buildable. Like, oh, we, we definitely see a long-term future for Redfall after this. Two, three, four games you know, down the road. I don't know if it's going to do that much. I think it's going to really struggle. I, I don't... See... My thing is, it's not a prediction of mine, but I, I don't think that Redfall is going to end up being a Left 4 Dead or or, or a, a PVE type thing. I think it's 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 a per- perfect example of a studio uh, having their cake and, and eating it too. In that they want it to seem like it's a PVE, but they were also saying that it's a you know open world sim, you know, kind of like what Dishonored is. So there's a lot of conflicting kind of information out there as to what this game is. I do think it's going to be an amalgamation of things. I think it's going to be a single player kind of thing. And also, but I, I, I do fear that because it wants to be everything that it's going to be nothing or n- it's not going to be their best work. Uh, Deathloop's already kind of uh, worried me a little bit as to what Arcane is 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 doing. Mm-hmm. I think that they are a little bit, we are special, we're doing different things, and that might come back to, to, to hurt them. I, I, I would rather just stay on the Dishonored path, do that, you know, uh, in terms of like that kind of gameplay. But they, they, they they get, They're getting a little cute with it now. They, they get a little they cute. Calm yeah, down. They, I ain't lying. Uh, yeah, you ain't lying. So that brings me to my number four, and my number four is... Xbox needs to fill a hole. And by that, I mean all eyes are on Phil Spencer uh, and the Xbox brand. It's not the time for any kind of missteps. Uh, there are a lot of questions in regards to, to first-party offerings. The questions are, will Starfield stay the course and release in November 20, uh, 2022? Will it be good? Will it be bad? What is Redfall, to your point? Is it releasing even in the summer or this year? Will anyone be talking about Crossfire X after the barrage of games coming in February? Is Tunic going to make any waves? No. Uh, will the phallic-shaped, obsessed scorn not be a disaster or evaporate into nothingness like me- the medium did? Can Somerville and Replace really hold it down for Xbox leading up to Starfield? Will we see a vow this year? What's happening with Forza Forza Mort? Time out. There's so many things. <laughs> wait a minute. So yeah. w- w- wait. These are just questions. These are just questions as to 
Xbox. Like, so what's the prediction though? It's coming. Oh, okay. It's okay. coming. My yeah, bad, it's, coming. it's coming. It's right. coming. Yeah. So what's happening with all first party studios? I, there's too many questions, and yet even if Redfall is good, Tunic is good, uh, Crossfire is good, Scorned are surprised, replacing Somerville or Indie Darlings, I don't think it's enough. So and my prediction is that Phil, I'm not going to say he's going to buy the studio. I think that this is because of the money involved, the $70 million involved, I don't think they have the leeway to really make another big purchase. I do think they're going to have a huge third-party exclusive title on their um, on their system. Not just Game Pass, but exclusive to the console. At first, I was thinking it's going to be Avatar Frontiers of Pandora because of Ubisoft and, and everything that happened with Extraction. But now, I am pretty confident that... The game that's going to be an, a, 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 an exclusive to Xbox, at least for a year, Game Pass and all that, is going to be Jedi Fallen Order 2. Mm, I think with Spider-Man... Sequel. Yeah, with Spider-Man uh, being the... Um, the Marvel, you know, it's on, it's on, it's a Nintendo... I'm sorry, it's a Sony exclusive thing. I think they want a big IP, a big equal IP. And I think that Jedi Fallen Order is probably the 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 game to do that uh you know i think uh if i'm not mistaken the first um titanfall was xbox exclusive at least for like a year so there's a yeah permanently okay so there's a there's a there's a relationship there with with vince sampella in that studio and so i think that jedi fallen order 2 is going to be that game the reports last year that xbox and microsoft was were very excited that they were able to land a third party exclusive, uh, which was a future game to release uh, to be released later down the road. Maybe people speculated that could have been you know uh, another Marvel game or something of that sort. But it, I, I am pretty confident for May May fourth is probably the rumored time where it's going to be, which is May the fourth be with you, where it's going to be announced. And I think Jedi Fallen Order is a big enough IP that kind of extends far be beyond just video games. Uh, and I think Jedi Fallen Order 2, a lot like, uh, was it Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Or not Shadow of the Tomb Raider, uh, the second Tomb Raider game. Yeah, I don't remember the name uh, of it. Yeah. Rise, that, maybe? That, I don't know. No, yeah, I, that was... Is that the first one or the second one? I don't remember. What's that? I don't remember, but yeah. it, it'll be like it'll be like a year exclusive in that sense. So I, I that's the game that I think it, yeah. it's going to be. There's just too many... To be, why would it be Star Wars? I know, I know. But I would I rather think, it be like Dragon Age or But see, Dead I was thinking about that. I was thinking about a game that's like a little bit more centric to the gamer. But I think that Microsoft wants to kind of have their own Spider-Man. And, and maybe they won't have that with a Marvel exact property, but it being a Star Wars property, another Disney property at that, mm. I, I just think that that's going to be a little bit far-reaching. I would rather it be something, like, really impactful. Like, it, it, but... And I love Jedi Fallen Order, and I think I'm I'm fairly excited for uh, Fallen Order too. But you know, exclusive to the system, it's like ah, you know, it's fine. But that it's going to be massive for Xbox to have that, and I really think that's the game that, that's going to be exclusive to to them. All right. All right. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and jump in with my next one, which is a little touch above mild on the on the Scoville scale here. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I'm going Spartacus like you did earlier, uh, but my prediction is a little bit different. We talked about this one actually offline at one point, so this shouldn't be too much of a shocker for you. Um, but Sony's Project Spartacus, when it is officially announced and the tiers are unveiled and all that stuff, uh, it will come packed with... Uh, 
Gran Turismo 7 as a, as a free digital download, as somewhat of, of, of an incentive on Sony's part to um, get players to upgrade to a higher tier. Um, and and this, what this will achieve for Sony is it will um, give them the ability to boast high player counts uh, as sort of a, a, a late counterpunch to uh, Forza Horizon 5's um, you know, incredibly strong debut last year, yeah. where I think they got to like over mm-hmm. 12 million uh, players at one point. And I think Sony wants that kind of... Um, that that kind of marketing you know bullet point for Gran Turismo, which at this point is, and I we tweeted about this uh, earlier. Uh, it, it's looking a little dry out bone here, man. Dry. Bone dry, bone dry, bone bone bone. Oh, dry. No. Um, <laughs> I did that. Um, so I, I just think that they, I just don't think, and as far as the Gran Turismo side of it. I just don't see a lot of people saying, man, I got to get my hands on Gran Turismo. I know there's an audience for it because the sim, you know, drive racing community is, is pretty, you know, hardcore, but I don't know if it's got the same juice as it did back in the day. And so this would be really a nice two birds, one stone approach to beef up the, um, their, their game pass alternative with a pack in game. Um, it'll also let them sort of test the water to see how well games perform if they put their first-party games uh, day and date on this service. Uh, maybe that'll inspire them to add more day one first-party titles to this service in the future. Um, and again, it'll it'll help them have that that bullet point to say, look at how great Gran Turismo is <laughs> performing. So many players, so many races, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where I'm at. I think that's what they're going to do. Okay, I like that. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen but uh, it would make sense but then again so it doesn't do anything that makes sense number three for me 2022 is going to be the best year for video game remakes uh advanced war one and two reboot uh camp is coming prince of persia sands of time remake is coming system shock remake is coming dead space remake is coming this year uh metroid prime one whether it be the first one being remade or it'll be trilogy uh, revamp the Last of Us 2 remake is coming this year. And, I mean, Not sorry, two, The Last yeah. of Us Last uh, of remake one. is coming this year. And yeah. the rumored Metal Gear Solid, this is a big one, Solid remake is coming this year. You think, I think that's, that's happening I think this year? I think it's happening this Ooh. year. And Resident Evil 4 okay. remake is going to, at the very least, be announced this year. I, I think that, you know, when we look at the the remakes and, and especially with the Resident Evil remakes and how good those remakes are and and a lot of these games you know uh Demon Souls remake incredible these games are amongst the best games that would have come out in the last few years i think we're looking at people taking that shit to the next level and really really doing like a Final Fantasy 7 remake where it's a remake of the game but it's also kind of a reimagining of it and I think we're going to see some things like this especially with the System Shock remake and um, probably Dead Space you know it's going to be a remake of the original but it's going to be told in a way where it it makes more sense for 2022 and beyond in terms of story changes whatever the case may be and so I think when you look at these remakes when you look at what they're doing here, uh, just a handful of these, two or three of these would be massive. But this is going to be the year where we're going to see th- th- like just like the high tier, not just bullshit remakes. Like They're really putting heart and soul into it. And it's going to be like a new wave of remakes where uh, just in the vein of Final Fantasy VII where 
yes, it is the game you remember, but it's it's different enough to where it's a new experience. And that's why I feel uh, it's going to happen. And, and honestly, I, I think that's kind of a spicy take because when you look at just what the year is to bring, like nobody's talking about System Shock remake and the Princess, uh, Prince of Persia remake went, put, got shelled for at least an additional two years and it, apparently it's going to be a, a yeah. ground up uh, remake. Metroid Prime? I mean, come on, man. I mean, Last of Us remake? That game is not even that old, but imagine seeing that with the power of PlayStation 5. That's going to be insane. You know? And then oh, yeah. a Metal Gear Solid yeah. remake, we've been waiting for this. Whether it be uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 for the PS uh, for PlayStation 1 or Metal Gear Solid 3, my favorite Metal Gear Solid, um, which have been ones that are kind of back and forth in terms of the rumors. Come on, man. And a Resident Evil 4 remake, holy shit. That's, that's probably one of my most anticipated games of the next couple of years, Resident Evil 4 remake. Period. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. Resident Evil 2 remake is, is amazing. Resident Evil 3, for all its faults, still amazing. It's going to be one hell of a year. For remakes, all right. The only thing I'm mad about is you didn't say nothing about Silent Hill. Oh, I I'm think mad it's at you. I don't think not it's going to be a remake. The podcast Silent Treatment. No, Silent I think Hill. Silent Hill is going to be that. a new entry. It's going to be like a, a a new thing, you know. Especially if 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 the people oh, okay. behind it um, okay. are are involved, it's not going to be a rehashing of the first game. I think it's going to be its own thing. So, which I don't know how to feel about that. All right, maybe. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking to you about this episode. <laughs> all right. So my uh, my next one. All right. So I got to be honest. The next three are are quite spicy. I think this one is a little bit more. Uh, this one's spicy because of how specific I got. Um, but let's go there. Let's try it out. So uh, on the Sony side, once again, we're going to go to Sony again. So Naughty Dog's next game will be revealed and it will be for a brand new science fiction based ip this new game will be a mixture of mass effect and the division as it will be a third person action adventure title with a deep single player story and a robust online multiplayer focus and yes with plenty of microtransactions uh will tentatively have a release date of 2023 but people will speculate that it won't make that date but it will nevertheless be announced as Naughty Dog's next big thing. That's what I got. Okay. It, let me ask you a question. Does that stem from anything? There have been... Um, so, back in The Last of Us uh, 1 days, there was some like newspaper clipping you can find as gotcha. an Easter egg that talked about like some sci-fi thing. And there's always yeah. been speculation that, that Naughty Dog wants to do one. And I... I personally believe they're going to take a break from yeah. uh, The Last of Us and, and, yeah. and Uncharted to actually commit to that and see what they can do. Because I think Sony really wants, I think Sony really wants that hybrid game from Naughty Dog. Give us a like a Naughty Dog video game like you used to, but give us like a long term, almost looter shooter kind of you know thing with battle passes and events and stuff like Halo does on the Infinite side kind of thing. Um, I, I really see that happening, and uh, I think we're going to see that yeah, this year, man. And I think it's going to be pretty. Yeah, and exciting I, and I don't and I don't think that. Um, I think that Sony's aware that they are very uh, IP recognized recognized IP sequel heavy right now, and so why not have their one of their better studios kind of lead up to charge a new IP? So yeah, that makes sense. I like I like that. Um, so that was your number three, right? My number yep. two is. Steam Deck releases and many outlets and pundits will have nothing but good things to say about the product, but 
ultimately and very quickly we will see that the Steam Deck is in fact just the next Steam Box or a better comparison would be the next PlayStation Vita. I think lots of people think that they want games to, to play at home at a portable, but when you look at Nintendo and Nintendo Switch and things that they've done, um, they take advantage of the hardware with the IP they have, exclusive games. Steam Deck doesn't have exclusive games. There's going to have games that come out on PC that may or may not be able to run on the Steam Deck. And, and just kind of like the, the scarcity that we're going to find through it, I just think ultimately it's going to die down. Maybe it would have been a different story if, if, if we have these supply chain issues, but because we will, and, and it's going to take so long for people to get it, I think ultimately once people have it in hand, they're gonna it's going to be very niche. I appreciate this machine. This machine is great. But I don't... I am I am a person who plays the Switch and I I I've been, haven't played handheld in a long time. You know, it's one of those things where ultimately for me, if you want to play a game that's on PC, you go on your PC and play it. It's just it's just that kind of thing. And so, if the Steam Deck will become the the indie game machine, fine. But I think that a lot of people think that Steam Deck is going to be this massive, uh, uh, you know, success like. In, in terms of like running parallel to Nintendo and what they're doing in that space. And it's not going to be. I think it's going to be, by the end of 2022, somebody's going to say Steam Deck. And I'm like, and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, the Steam Deck. It's not going to be like, of course I know. That, that's, that's where I'm at with that. Okay. Yeah, you know what? That's not, that's that's actually a really interesting prediction because in my brain, and this could just be Marco, right? Uh, which is a good thing. But I I look at Steam Deck and I go, it's it's gonna be exactly what I think it's gonna be, in that people are gonna, you know, wipe it and then, you know, put a new OS on there, run emulation yeah. on it. It's gonna be the you could play any kind of game from Dreamcast to PlayStation and all, it's gonna be that. Um I think the games are gonna look and run fine, but I do agree to an extent that uh, it, and this is a this is a problem I don't think Nintendo has because of their demographic being so much younger, so much more broad, I guess, right? But what is the problem that Steam Deck is solving yeah, for exactly. by existing? There is no problem. What is that? What is the goal? Is it just to be able to run better looking games and not be Nintendo Switch? Because you're still gonna lose that fight because you don't have Zelda, yo. You don't sure. have anything like your point that's exclusive that's going to yeah. set it apart. If I have the choice of playing, um, you know, whatever game on PC versus on my console that I already own, and I have the benefit of playing it at a higher resolution, I don't have to, you know, hold a little little controller that might not have that good of a battery yeah. life, which which is another issue or potential issue. Um, bigger screen, you know, I, I get to use my headphones and my, you know, surround sound TV system, whatever. If I can do all that, and I'm not saying, you know, Steam Deck can't do some of those things, but if I already have most of those bases covered now, why do I need to spend money That's on right. this device? It's it's a nice novelty, but to your point, it can very well be the oh yeah, yeah Steam Deck happened. This and year. when Steam Deck got announced, I was like, yo, this shit is dope. Like, I, I this is the kind of stuff that I want. But then I, when you think about it, it's like, okay, but I have the PlayStation Five, I have the Xbox Series X, and if I really want to get into into PC gaming, I can do that as well. So my thing with that is, it's not for me. And then I think, I'm a pretty hardcore gamer. Then who the fuck is it for if it's not yeah. for me? You know? So it's like... And here's, the, and here's the other thing. 
it's also a pandemic yeah. going on right now. It's not exactly the ideal yeah. time for people that it's still, you know, maybe not quarantining as much as 2020 per se, but like people still trying yeah. to stay home a little bit, right? Like, what are you going to be doing? Like, are you really going to go and say, I can play this game on my console that's already or connected? My P- or a right massive there, or monster can, PC. I'll, yeah, or, or I'll just buy it here or, or play it here rather. I, I just don't see a place for it. I think it's it's a cool device that kind of came out. It's coming out at a weird time where, um, you know, the gaming habits of people are changing. We're being torn in so many different directions with consoles now with virtual reality. You got Oc- Oculus over here, PSVR two's coming. Like, what yeah, do y'all want yeah. us to do? Like, we only have but for so much shit. gaming time, and now you're throwing another new thing at us yeah. that you're trying to say is essential to gaming that just doesn't solve any problems that we currently have. And I think have. that's the main so, thing. It doesn't solve any problems. Yeah. And, you know, I, you, like we've covered. I'm rooting for it. Yeah. I hope it works out. I, I would love to see Nintendo specifically have somebody kind of push them a little th- bit in, the, in their space. I mean, Nintendo could turn around but, and be like, the new Nintendo, and it's not even handheld anymore. That's how weird Nintendo is. It could be like, yeah, that was fun. Fin- yeah, exactly. Or all they got to say is, oh, that's cute. Oh, you run games that are prettier than ours? Cool. Uh, here's the new right. Mario and then, Kart. And then people will be like, well, I can run it too on the, <laughs> on the Steam Deck. Yeah, but then you got to sideload it, wipe it, swipe it, yeah. you know, p- piss on it and take a shit on it and it'll work. It's, that's how Ooh. that works, right? Oh. Is that why you put steaming pile of D on our Well, I, I have very cute <laughs> names. Uh, Xbox needs to uh, fill, a note, uh, fill a hole we, and we, then what is old we, is new again for the remakes. I am on it. Yeah, well, you're you're on the toilet apparently. Um, all right, uh, let's get into my next one. So, all right, this one's not going to go down well. But since we're talking about Nintendo, I got a prediction that is going to upset people if this comes true. And here it goes: Nintendo will announce that they are joining in on NFTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a Nintendo themed branding, think Nin FT, something like that, right? The first game that's going to introduce NFTs will be Splatoon Three with custom, um, you know, outfits or or you know, um, sprites or avatars that you can get exclusively. It's going to almost be like their evolution of Amiibo kind of things, right? And I also think that Fire Emblem's uh, next game in the series will uh, have a similar. Uh, NFT type of integration as well. So, unfortunately, I think they're going to do this. I think we'll probably hear about it um, maybe later in the year uh, in in one of their directs, and they're going to be very Nintendo about it and not really acknowledge the backlash of NFTs. I I think think they're going to be just dumb enough to want in, and I think some people are going to like it. The only reason I would, wouldn't agree is because one of my predictions that I took out was that NFTs by the end of the year were just going to be nonplussed. Like, they're just going to be gone from the gaming space. Which is, yeah, I hope we'll so. see. But I think we got to see some some companies take a stab and fall on their yeah. face first before people really walk away. Yeah. But I do think Nintendo's going to be the first console manufacturer to, um, you know, outwardly pledge some type of... Um, initiative for nfts and uh it'll be interesting to say the least but that's that's where i'm at so uh, my number one and this one is like a whole bunch of predictions in one within the nintendo uh strategy so 
Okay. I said in the last episode that Nintendo is going to stand out this year because they have to compete with the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, and they have to come out this year full on swinging fucking just ready to fuck shit up and really, really make this an interesting year in video games. So, with that said, I think that Nintendo is going to have a few mainline Nintendo Directs that will go down in history books as one of the most hype-filled video game events in recent memory. Uh, We're going to get month after month after month of Nintendo games. Uh, So, you know, like like I said, they're going to have to come out swinging because they're going to have to have competition. So, Starting off, Sports Story is getting a release date sooner rather than later. Splatoon 3 gets a release date and the rumors pan out to be true when Splatoon 3 drops in March or May. That's yeah, well, you know, they love they love to go okay. they love to be like, boom, this game is out in a, in a little bit. Remember, they like to pocket games, and I think Splatoon 3 has been pocketed for a while. And at least the way that they've they've been pretty pretty open about talking about it when usually they are reluctant about talking about games, Breath of the Wild. But Breath of the Wild 2 gets the title and a holiday 22 release window. New Fire Emblem is revealed, released in summer 2022. Xeno uh, Blade Chronicles 3 is revealed. Metro Prime 4 is revealed. A re-revealed and is given a spring 2023 date. Metro Prime Remake or Trilogy Master are announced in a direct and for winter 2022. A new Donkey Kong game is revealed. Bayonetta 3 gets an August release date. Hollow Knight Silk Song is finally shown at direct and a shadow drop same day. That's for you, uh, Marco. Uh, and Nintendo Hollow Knight. <laughs> and Nintendo announces a new 3D Mario that is not a sequel to Odyssey. That's 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 gonna be their year mm-hmm. in a nutshell. Obviously, they're gonna have a whole bunch of other games that come out that are gonna surprise people. But these are the main games, and this is gonna be their direction. Gonna be crazy. Not because not because I, I obviously I'm a fan of Nintendo and I want the, this to be true, but I almost think that it has to be. Like it's gonna be very hard to go on on a Sony platform and be like, oh, I'm playing Horizon Forbidden West. Now I'm gonna play uh, God of War Ragnarok. And not have any of these games present. And and, and and not only that, when these games do come out, they're not going to look as good. They're not going to play as well as anything that PlayStation or Xbox has. So they have to kind of hold true to the IP and, and, and really the nostalgia of, 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 of great IP like Zelda and Mario and Donkey Kong and Metroid and, and even now with Splatoon. So that's where I'm at with that. I think it's going to be a hell of a year because I think it has to be. The year of dreams. Because it has to be. Yeah. That's our one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that. That's um. It seems like that's the year that they've been kind of gearing yeah. up to have. You know, um. It's been. You, you know what kind of dry it's been Bone for Nintendo. Dry. Bone dry. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I think they're due for one of those explosive years. Of okay, finally everything is about to come out at roughly the same time. Another game I think I would hope will come out next year for sure is Bayonetta. This year. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have it on here. My bad. My bad. Beta yeah, three I, my gets an August release date. August. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think that'd be awesome. I, I think that would be a perfect, um, sort of mid-year yeah. game to kind of set the mood for the second half of the mm-hmm. year for sure. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. I think it's. I think it's sorely needed. I think that that the Switch needs one more big yeah. year like that for me to say, okay, that was a really good run for this console because it was like a awesome 2017. 
great 2018 and then it's just been like yeah 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 i you know what i mean and we need one more of those like big grand finale kind of uh years and i think you i, I, I hope th- you're right because i think that'd be the pill. i think splatoon to start it off splatoon fire Zola, emblem in, in the summer bayonetta right there metroid and then metroid yeah. towards the end like december like, like to do but but delta right there in the november uh uh slot i mm. I, I think this could be uh, uh this could be better than 2017 which is crazy to say but yeah. i think it's absolutely possible that that's the case it's Nintendo's year to yep. lose, man. But um, yeah, good prediction. Good prediction. It, it, it could very well be the case. My my last prediction. Um, you know, sometimes you meet somebody, you hit it off, and you just want you just want to smash. You know oh, what I mean? No. You just want to smash. You want to do the freaky deekies, and you want to just keep it simple. You know, you have a little situationship, if you shall. But sometimes you you you. you you kind of look at your at your smash and you're like, I kind of like you. You kind of, you know what? Maybe I might wife you after all. Okay. Sony will acquire Square Enix in 2020. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Which will be hailed as the logical next step of their partnership after years of exclusivity agreements uh, with third party games and obviously Final Fantasy uh, predominantly being in uh, Sony's um, portfolio uh, pretty much by itself. Um, Sony will honor the current Crystal Dynamics and Microsoft partnership uh, for the development of the Perfect Dark reboot and may even go as far as emancipating the studio entirely in order to guarantee a slightly more inexpensive deal. Microsoft will seek to acquire Crystal Dynamics at a later date upon the closure of the Activision Blizzard deal and provided the Perfect Dark reboot is considered a success. So it's a lot of things here that I think start with the... Uh, well, really starts with the acquisition of Activision yeah. Blizzard. So this is more of a recent prediction, as you can tell. But I think that um, there's a lot to unpack here, obviously, right? So... I think that what Sony is realizing is, all right, Microsoft's covering a lot of bases. What are the things that we have that Xbox does not? And I think the biggest gap in Xbox's gangster right now is JRPGs, right? Just not doing the best. They have stuff like Tales of Arise. They'll get stuff like that once in a while, but really... The hub for JRPGs is predominantly PlayStation, right? And I think that they are going to try to lean into that because they're already working to get the the Final Fantasy series locked in according to recent mm-hmm. rumors, right? But I think that those conversations are probably going to escalate into something bigger based on the news with Microsoft taking up Activision Blizzard. Um I think Square has always kind of been fond of Sony. I think they've always gotten along very well. Um and I think it just makes sense on both sides to go ahead and make this happen. I think as far as the Microsoft Crystal Dynamics side, I think um, 
I think it's a good move for them too if they can manage to to, to net Crystal Dynamics. They're a really good team, and if Sony is uh, you know kind of cool with letting them drift off and 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 leave um, for the sake of a you know a little bit more of an inexpensive purchase, I think that could be good for for both sides too. Um, I just think that even though this isn't a move that I I personally would like, I think this is a, a move that Sony might not have a choice but to make um, because. Yes, they can they can do a lot like we said earlier in the show, right? With like taking dormant IPs and bringing them back and doing doing stuff like that will definitely yeah. help. But they just don't have enough firepower to to necessarily right, right. do that. If you can pull in a Square a Square Enix and you immediately secure Final Fantasy forever, um you can pull games away from Switch too in the process. Um you can Start to repurpose, almost like what Microsoft will probably do, repurpose teams to work on other games um, that might not be from Square. You can actually get a lot done and make some good headway. Uh, in, in, in probably in a significantly more inexpensive amount of money. I think the rumor was um, Square is worth about $6 billion-ish. And I think if anybody would be willing to swing that especially to kind of answer back to what Microsoft has been doing so aggressively, I think Sony would probably consider doing it this year. And, and I think, yeah, they you know, will. my only thing with that is, and I, and I like that prediction because I thought about that too, but my only thing now with Activision Blizzard being purchased is anytime a baseball player or basketball player signs this huge contract, now they set the marker for what the next contract will be. And so at $70 billion, you know, Square Enix has some incredible IP here where they might want to leverage that. Well, so Sony bought basically Call of Duty for $70 billion and you guys got to pay us a little bit more. You know, I, I, I just don't know if Sony could afford that, but it makes a lot of sense. It seems like the, the, the way it would go and they would get brave, the Bravely Default series, Deus Ex, Dragon Quest, Fear Effect, Just Cause, Kane Lynch, Kingdom Hearts, Legacy of Kane, Life is Strange, Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy. Like, it's just like, it, it's nonstop. And my only thing is, with a lot of conversations about consolidation and monopolies and Sony being the number one publisher already, there's a lot of games on here. They could, might have some kind of case, unless, like you said, Crystal Dynamics gets sold off and, 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 and you know, they, they can work autonomous to, to the, the deal. But I, I, liked, I like it. That, that'd be huge. I, I, personally, I think that's a, on a video game IP like platform, I think it's a bigger deal than Activision Blizzard for me. Um, just on the yeah. video game side, I I think that obviously Activision Blizzard has a lot more to offer in terms of all around, but yeah. Oh, of course. But yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, but, to, to to have Deus Ex or, or yeah, it, exactly, and, and 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 especially the JRPG stuff like that really can't be understated. That is Xbox's biggest problem. Parasite uh, Eve, hands down, and yeah, dude, dude, Xeno Gears and Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger. You're talking about classics. Yeah. You you get that in your repertoire against Xbox, which has always been kind of floundering and trying to broker deals to get like a Scarlet Nexus. Like they just can't find yeah. their way. That's where you can kind of get them where it hurts a little bit and and really um, create a real a real choice. And the other thing is, Final Fantasy fourteen online is a is yeah. a beast. If you can get square and you tell them yo we need another one of those and you already have final fantasy 14 exclusive as it is to to playstation on consoles you do another one of those man that's major for them and that that that's a whole nother slice of the pie um 
on the PC market, which they're trying to make an impression on as well. So uh, all around, I think it would be a great move for them. It would be another like, oh man, another one's off the you know off the market. But it, like I said, you're already hooking up. You already you hooking up. Blade. Yeah, man. If you are if you're already making fantasies together in bed, you might as well you know just make a final uh, fantasy. Why do I always end the show like this? Um, anyways, uh, that is going to wrap up our uh, our checkpoint yeah. chat. That was fun. That was fun. So we'll obviously circle back to these predictions at the end of the year, or maybe early next year, uh, to see how we did, uh, see who was more right than the other. Um, probably going to be me. Um, yeah, I think it's actually going to be me. Pretty sure. Hey, oh no, um, that that fucking golf sto- uh, sports story shit. We're gonna fight. I'm gonna fight. If it game sucks, we're fighting in the streets. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna no, make no, it in your top ten just despite no, me. Yeah, it. yeah. My number two. My number two game of all time. <laughs> what? Number one. <laughs> all right. But Birth of the yeah. Wild two came out. Yeah, right, number one. <laughs> Don't you do that. All right, man. Uh, that is gonna wrap up uh, this week's show. Uh, until next time, be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at CoolDownTimePodcast and Twitter at CoolDownTimePod so that will always be in your FOV. On behalf of the very wrong Marco, that, well, I was, I was actually going third person there. I, I messed that whole thing up. On behalf That's of Pablo, I'm Marco. I, I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep now. Uh, you're welcome. Good night, and we'll see you next time.